I have no chance in this life. Maybe it's the way you we are we were born. Maybe it's not this. Maybe it's something else. I don't really know and I can't explain. But Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hey, welcome in. Well, you know, I started off with a really tough question there. We're going to kind of uh, unpack that a little bit. It's not going to be all negative. A lot of people are enjoying their work and their life. We're going to look at how you can do that. So we're going to be talking about questions that you, the listeners, have submitted. Questions like this. I graduated 38 years old from college. Where can I find a prescription to live the rest of my life doing the work that I love? And then how about this? It makes life so hard and difficult trying to feel fulfilled when I already feel like I have achieved a lot. But I keep going into debt, never seem to get ahead. When should I quit my job and just pursue my side hustle? And somebody wants to know, I want to start a business hosting live concerts in Greece with Greek and international performers. So a broad away, but we're going to be talking about some really significant questions today as we move through these. Well, here's our quotation then for today. It comes from Williams Jennings Bryan who said, destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. It's not a thing to be waited for. It's a thing to be achieved. So the question then is, are you coasting toward your destiny, your predetermined destiny, or are you creating your future? Well, we're going to be looking at the options that we've got there. Our business partner today is FreshBooks. We love having them involved. Love telling you about the opportunity to keep your finances straight. I was just working on mine a little bit ago, working on a particular area of mine, but I love having all the documentation for what happened last year, 2018. So I can look at the, clearly look at all these little individual areas of income and expenses, see how I can do better. Some of the questions today address that. You know, how can you keep from just having a lot of extra expenses as a professional? Well, we... I'm always looking for things that I can reduce in expenses, but I'm primarily looking at things that I can increase the profitability, which obviously as an entrepreneur is a wide open door. I don't have to wait on getting a 3% raise or waiting on getting a, an approved promotion from the boss. I can just look at the guy in the mirror and say, hey, what do you want to accomplish this year? Uh, spend some time um, driving in a car last week with our good friends, Michael and Gail Hyatt. We had a lot of time to talk about some of the initiatives we're both working on, some of the things we're going to stop doing, and some of the things we're going to add in. Now, the way we keep all those things straight, the way you can do this, to make things a little easier, with FreshBooks, they have a solution. Invoicing, accounting, creating professional invoices in 30 seconds. I mean, all those things you hear me talk about, those are the kind of things to do. One of the things that I saw in my financial reports was that the percentage of income from my advances and royalties on books is extremely low as a percentage of my total income. Now that 
leads me to, oh, I want to, I want to tell you about a new coaching option here too. But let me finish telling you about FreshBooks because you can have the same kind of information that I have available to me. Just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days, enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. So again, you hear me talk about that, but just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and then enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. Now the coaching option that I've got, we got a whole bunch of them. And if you are getting our emails, you're going to see some emails this week that are going to go out that address the idea of getting coaching. Now, you know, I believe in coaching and I believe that every coach ought to have a coach. You can ask me any day of the year, Dan, who's coaching you. Now, if you've got a coach, if you if somebody's trying to sell you coaching services, wants to be your coach, you ask them who's coaching you and they say, oh, geez, I can't afford a coach. Uh, that's pretty much a red flag. Or if they just simply say, well, gee, I'm a coach. I don't need a coach. That's even a bigger red flag. I've been coaching for 30 years. I can't imagine not having a coach because to me, it would indicate that I'm content to not grow anymore. If I want to continue growing in particular areas, overall, as a coach and a person, I'm going to have a coach. So yes, I do have a coach. I have a call every Monday morning with my coach at 10 o'clock. And then four days this month, I will go to Chicago for an entire day to be immersed in that program. So yes, I do have a coach. We've got some new coaching options through 48 days that I'm really, really jazzed about. One of those is me working with people who want to leverage their message. Now, this isn't going to be for everybody, but you can check it out. I had a lot of fun putting the page together. If you go to 48days.com slash experience, you'll see the most exciting coaching package that I'm going to do this year. Now, I'm always changing things up. And believe me, I mean, this is specifically for writers, speakers, coaches who want to leverage their message, leverage their platform. So it's that kind of very specific coaching. But yeah, you can check it out, 48days.com slash experience. And again, if you are on our mailing list, which I certainly hope you are, if you're not, go to 48days.com, sign up quickly so you can see these new options. I mean, we got options for people who just, eh, they just need a spring tune-up. I mean, we got things all the way down. We've got a $250 Eaglet package where we match you up with one of our coaches in training and our coaching mastery program. But some really cool things are coming out of that. We're getting some great reports back already. Well, let me give you a couple good news pieces here. We always got lots of them. I'm going to just give you a couple today so we can move right into these amazing questions we've got. But I love to share the good news. This one, having just passed the Super Bowl, is related to that. So there was an NFL player who fulfilled the lifelong wish of an employee of the L.A. Rams by surprising him with two Super Bowl tickets. So Alfonso Garcia, you know, he's not a player, but he's somebody who works at the Los Angeles Memorial Stadium, always keeping the facility in tip-top shape for the football team. So some of the Rams got together and they just wanted to show gratitude to this guy. No, I love it when somebody does this, you know, yeah, they're paid millions and here they got a guy, you know, is probably getting an hourly wage to keep the stadium clean, but they recognize he does a great job and they've heard him talk about, my gosh, now his team is going to the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be awesome to be able to go to the Super Bowl? So they made it possible for him and uh, the team got together and gave him two tickets, one for him and one for his son. Cool story. 
the the game obviously was not played in LA. It was played in Atlanta. So it was a big deal for this guy who helps the LA Rams stay on track by keeping the stadium clean. And they allowed him to go to the Super Bowl. Great, great story. Now there's another story coming out of North Carolina. You've probably heard about this, a little three-year-old boy who was lost for almost three days. So he, he was playing outside, playing with his brothers and sisters in his grandmother's backyard when he, his other two siblings came in on Tuesday and they didn't have little Casey. And they looked for 45 minutes and then finally called 911 for the next two days. I, I watched the police report or the police talk about this and the outpouring of help was just amazing. I mean, within 45 minutes, they had hundreds of people that assembled and started looking for this little boy. They looked for two days looking over a thousand acres of really pretty treacherous terrain, you know, with rivers and woods and all that in order to find a little boy. And believe me, after two days of mid twenties in temperature, wind and then rain eventually forced emergency responders to, to call off the search. So they called off the search and we're going to wait till the weather got better. Well, they went back out. They got a little tip from somebody that they thought they heard a weak voice and sure enough, went back out and found this little boy 50 yards into the woods, trapped in some brush, tangled up, but in pretty good shape for being a little boy. Now here's where it really gets interesting. I like this part a lot. He told this little three-year-old boy, I mean, he's only, he's only like 20, 25 pounds. They said he's a little boy. He said that there was a friendly bear that kept him safe for two days. He said, I mean, he described him very clearly that he hung out with a bear for two days. And his aunt is saying, God sent him a friend to keep him safe. Miracles do happen. Now they haven't been able to confirm an actual bear, but I mean, why don't we just go with that? I mean, sometimes we try to discredit, we try to prove the logic of a story. Let's just go with the mystery, the wonder, the awe of this. I mean, how cool is that? To have a little boy for three days being out there, and he says he had a bear that stayed with him and kept him safe. Well, we're, we're going to go with that. Let, let's just go with that. With, with that version of the story, I like that. I think that we need more stories like that where it's hard to explain and we're just going to accept it as something miraculous and God's grace over us. Now, I want to play this clip again that I started out with at the top of the show. This comes from a lady. I'm not sure where from. I don't, I don't have anything except the little clip that I played. That's it. But I want to play this again. We're just going to comment on it briefly and then move on. But it, it breaks my heart, obviously. We need to provide some other resources for this gal, connect with her, and certainly uh, give her more hope than what she has currently. Listen to this again. I have no chance in this life. Maybe it's the way you, we, are, we were born. Maybe it's not this. Maybe it's something else. I don't really know. And I can't explain, but. So what do you think? I have no chance in this life. I mean, I've listened to this multiple times. I have no chance in this life. Maybe it's the way we were born. Is that true? I mean, would you accept that for your lot in life? Maybe it's just the way that you were born. 
where you were born. Now, I'll grant you where we were born, the families we were born into, the circumstances we were born into. I mean, all of those things have major, major impact on us. But you know me, you know where I'm going to go with this. You know that I'm also that eternal optimist that's going to believe we can change the direction of our lives. We can change the trajectory that we started on. I mean, I wasn't born into fancy circumstances. I mean, I was born, we were extremely poor. I remember when we had one cow, one cow that we milked by hand. And then we had two and got up to 12 that we milked by hand. I was a little kid and milking cows by hand before we got even an electric or a powered milking machine for, for our cows. But I never lost hope that I could have any kind of future that I wanted to. And I don't want to make it sound like a walk in a park. I've had a lot of fortunate things happen to me. The woman that I married, you know, other thing, doors that opened up for me along the way. Oh my goodness, this breaks my heart to hear somebody says, I have no chance in life. I think no matter what your circumstances are, no matter how dire they are, you do have a chance to redirect, a chance to make your future different than what your past has been. I think you can put yourself in the driver's seat and determine what you want your future to look like. Now go ahead and I'd be delighted to have some of you provide input on this. And again, there are things that happen when I see people who have been in you know, horrible accidents or they've been disfigured. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, can they really rise above that? And yet we see people who do. I don't want to be unrealistic about how we create our future. But if I ever thought that I didn't have the ability to direct my future, I really would be discouraged. Obviously, this young lady is very discouraged and we will reach out to her and offer some resources to give her more hope. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Just you know, shoot me your ideas about how, how to best help somebody like this who feels like they have no hope. And again, you can just give me your comments at askdan at 48days.com. And if you got your question or comment that I can pass on to this young lady, her, her first name is B-L-A-J. I'm not even sure how to pronounce that. B-L-A-J is her name. Sounds like she's probably not native to the United States. We have people around the world who send us questions. But uh, what should we offer her? What would be the first point of entry to offer help to somebody who says, I have no chance in life? Well, this comes from Brian. He says, Dan, I'm experiencing a lot of regulations as a licensed medical professional and trying to save money at the same time. Prior to moving forward with my life, my income is currently unpredictable and very low. I find it so hard to find joy in family outings because it's very difficult doing everything myself. I've really never even been on many family outings. I've read some of your works like Wisdom Meets Passion, 48 Days to the Work You Love. I think you can help me and countless others like clinicians stuck in a one-way street nowhere. We find it very difficult to break the mold of government bureaucracies and people making decisions for us. And he talks about, he goes on, says that he just goes, he's just going more and more into debt. I feel very tied down. It impacts my family, friends, and quality of work. I feel like I miss all the gems and opportunities around me. Um, the last paragraph, he says, my wife loves Mexican food and we haven't even been on a date to Taco Bell. Thanks for your continued inspiration and devotion. Well, God, you know, this really is tough. You know, Brian is a, a licensed counselor 
helping other people, and yet is in this kind of a situation of lack in his own life, and obviously discouragement about where he is, and rightfully so. Now, here, here is a big challenge, you know, in our culture, to have people like this who are providing help to others be so poorly compensated they can't put food on the table themselves. And again, I don't have easy answers for that. You know, my background is in training as a counselor. My degrees, bachelor's and master's degrees are as a, in clinical psychology, which would position me to have a position very similar to what Brian is describing. I decided not to do that for a couple of reasons. I'm quite impatient in the speed at which people move through those entry-level kind of changes in life. Um, is not to my liking. I'm very impatient. And thus, I positioned myself as a coach rather than a counselor. That was very strategic, very intentional. I'm not suggesting that's perhaps the best way out. I mean, we need counselors, but we need to figure out ways that they can be compensated more adequately. I would suggest, Brian, that you don't do just what you're doing, that you find some kind of a some kind of a side business. I mean, we have lots of examples of listeners here in the 48 Days community who have done exactly that, where if you added even $1,000 a month to your income, just doing something on the side, it could be an Amazon or an eBay business or a service business or drive an Uber or, or Lyft, you know, something that it would get you out, engage with other people. I don't want things that take a lot of your time and take time away from your family, but I, I'm confident you can do that. You know, don't settle for the way things are. Um, look for opportunities that you can add income. Now, I happen to know you are exploring coaching as an option, and I think with coaching, you can position yourself to increase your income pretty substantially over a pretty short period of time. So we'll be continuing to encourage you in that as well. But thanks for your question. Well, Thomas is the one that says, I'm a 53-year-old college dropout who left school for all the right reasons at 20 years old to help my mom and siblings. Since then, I returned to college and got my Bachelor of Science degree. I graduated at 38 years, 38 years old from college. Where can I find a prescription to live the rest of my life doing the work I love? I'm a 33-year employee of my present and only job as an adult. I'm terribly burned out of this line of work. If you could help me find some direction, I would greatly appreciate it. I do need a prescription, so to speak, for the rest of my life. This is Thomas out of Sweetwater, Alabama. Well, you know, the process is the same. Thomas, whether you are 53 years old or 43 or 63 or 23, it's the same. And and I don't know what you do, and that's probably an advantage because I don't need to try to talk you out on what you're doing. If if it's not fulfilling, if it's if you're terribly burned out, as you're describing, you've been there for 33 years, it's a wonderful time to draw that proverbial line on the sand and say, who am I? What are my unique skills and abilities? What are my personality tendencies? How do I relate to other people? What are those recurring dreams and passions that I have? Those things at this particular time, at 53 years old, can give you a new sense of direction, a new sense of purpose. What is your purpose, your calling, your mission? You ought to have more clarity about that now than you did 33 years ago when you started this job. You ought to have more skills that are refined, developed, and marketable after 33 years than you had when you started that. So you're in a much better position. You're in a very advantageous position to just do this where you have the experience of life to draw from to tell you more clearly what it is you should be doing. 
Now, if you have 48 Days to the Work You Love, and I'd be happy to give you a complimentary copy of that. I'll check to make sure you got that because in there I lay out the process for how to do this. And again, age is not a critical issue. Age, it doesn't matter what age you are, the process is the same. And we have homeschoolers who are 13 years old who are doing this, using this process. And we have people who are 68 years old who are using this process. But identify those three areas, your skills and abilities, your personality tendencies, your values, dreams, and passions. From those, you should get a clear focus that'll tell you what kind of work now will blend those things and bring them together. Don't allow yourself to second guess yourself out of the gate. You know, I don't know who's hiring. It doesn't matter. Identify the work first and you'll be amazed how doors of opportunity start to open up, whether that looks like a traditional job or if it looks like something more creative or if it looks like something that you could provide that service to five different companies rather than just one. I mean, the options are unlimited for how you apply the work once you identify what that ought to look like and what that ought to be. Well, let me go on to David's question. David from uh, California says, I just became a USPTA professional tennis instructor. I'm working with children currently at the Lake Balboa Tennis Center. I enjoy working with the kids to encourage them, uh, every part of it. However, the ownership seems to be very unenthusiastic and difficult to communicate with. Gaining lots of experience, but I think he wanted someone younger on the staff. I'm grinning and burying it at the moment, but I can envision a more dynamic program, perhaps even a faith-based tennis camp. Just trying to get some feedback. All right, David, you ask for it. No problem at all. I mean, congratulations on just becoming a professional tennis instructor. I mean, how cool is that? That means you've got a really clearly identifiable, marketable, attractive, appealing skill and credentials. So if you're in a position where there doesn't seem to be enthusiasm about that, my goodness, just jump right back. You obviously did a job search to get this position. Just jump right back in again. I mean, I had a guy not too long ago that I did a job search got a position and 29 days later was let go. And he was just devastated. I mean, it was like the end of the world. I said, wait a minute. What'd you do 29 days ago to get this job? And he's like, duh. Well, yeah, I did a job search. I had multiple offers. Why am I concerned about this? Just go right back into the job search. And I would recommend you do that. And you can do that. The, th- the cool thing is you can do that without jeopardizing what you're doing now. I mean, you don't need to quit. Just continue doing what you're doing. It'll serve as an extra credential that you didn't have when you got this position. Now you actually have experience working as a professional tennis instructor. So those things work together for you, not against you. A lot of times people think, gee, I've been on, you know, in the workplace for 20 years. Now I lost my job. Gee, I got to start over. Absolutely not. Now you've got all that work experience that works to your benefit. You've got developed skills work to your benefit. You have personal maturity that work to your benefit. I mean, all those things work for you, not against you. Well, I've got an audio clip here from Terry that I'm going to play. It's fairly short, so I'm going to play that, and then we'll comment on that. Here's Terry's question. Dan, hi, this is Terry in Colorado. I'm going to start my question with a quote from one of your shows. How can I follow my dreams when I'm paid so well to be miserable. My, uh, I work for a, in sales for a verbally abusive alcoholic boss that steals money from my accounts. And uh, I have enough money 
to start my side hustle full time right now? And that's my question to you. How do you know when to to just leave and, and follow what, what God has, has called me to do and, and pursue that full time or just stay and keep it as a side hustle um, until the time is right? Thanks. Appreciate it. Love your show. My name's Tim. All right. So great question. And I think, uh, Terry, I think you talked yourself right through to the solution. I mean, if you've been listening to me for any length of time, you know where I'm going to go with this. You're in a position where you're doing well, you're, you're paid well, but you describe a horrendous boss and situation there. And if it's actually true that he's, you know, taking money from you, I mean, that's a horrible situation to be in. So you have two options, two clear options. With your sales skills, I mean, the easiest thing in the world to have as a transferable area of competence is sales. I mean, there's 99% of the companies out there are going to want to talk to you if you have sales skills. I mean, there's nothing more appealing than somebody that can in, increase revenue immediately for a company. So you've got that. So you can just go do a job search and you can have a job offer, you know, in the next three days, three job offers if you're that good in sales. So you've got that. However, your other looming question was, you've got a side hustle that's doing well for you. You've got enough money to live on for a while. So here's how I would frame that. Identify, I mean, it, I don't know what your current income, let, let's say you're making $150,000 a year right now. And let's say that in your side hustle, you're bringing in $5,000 a month. So you're at about 60000 annually with that. If you're spending, say, five or six hours a week in your side hustle and making that kind of money, and if you can see the trajectory on that and know that you'd really love doing that, then it's pretty easy to e imagine that if you devoted all your time to that, that you could close the gap and replicate and increase the income that you're making now. If that's a desirable path for you, it sounds like you're in a great position. There's no downside. There's really no risk. Just go ahead and do that. So it's not, an, it's not, now here's the other thing. When I talk about ideas like that, it's easy to think that I expect everybody to end up as an entrepreneur. Please, please do not think that. There are a lot of people who I encounter who have proven their ability to do something on the side. They quit their job. They do the thing on the side. And six months later, they realize they're lonely. They feel isolated. They miss the camaraderie of being part of a team, hanging out with other people, you know, going to lunch together. And I'm like, dude, go get a job. I mean, the environment fits you better. There's no shame in that. Even if you've been an entrepreneur for a period of time, not at all. You are smarter and being able to identify what is the environment that really fits you best. That's what you're looking for. We're not looking for some superimposed outside criteria to define what's best. You don't start in an hourly job, move up to salary, you know, move up to commission and ultimately become an entrepreneur. Nah, not at all. I mean, you can be start as an entrepreneur from day one if you know the traditional job doesn't fit you and you've got a clear idea. I mean, some of my grandkids will never be employees because they've already identified multiple things they can do to generate income at any level what they want to do. 
So they're not likely to ever be an employee. But but I want them to be aware of the broad spectrum of opportunities, just like I would suggest for you, Terry. So this is not just a clear cut, okay, you know, get rid of that. It, you, the choices are get out of where you are now. Yes, that absolutely is a necessity. Get out of what you're doing now because there are too many red flags there. But you can either find another position and be a compliment to a great team, somebody who is not dishonest, and horrible to work with, do that and continue your side hustle as it is. But again, if the side hustle is something really appealing that where you'd love to see yourself where three years from now, you really see yourself doing that full time anyway, hey, just use now as the opportunity to move into that. Well, this comes from George, who has a obvious Greek last name as well. And he's from Greece, Messenia, Greece. He says, I want to start a business hosting live concerts in Greece with Greek and international performers. It will be a semi-business and semi-charity operation. At present, I'm trying to find the right investors who will help fund this project. Everybody attending the show will be given discount coupons from leading supermarket chains and free medical card for checkups. Again, I reiterate, this will be for every single person attending the show. There will be a host of other prizes as well, quite possibly even a small apartment flat to the one winner. If you have any ideas as to what else we could do to enhance our image and contribute to success, I would love to hear from you. Well, I love your setup. My goodness, I'm already you know hearing the music, seeing the dancers, uh, Greek, international performers in Greek. I mean, what a cool thing. Uh, one of the people in my mastermind and one of the ad- advisors that I have is Greek Pavlidis, who... Uh, comes from Greece and he they have a family apartment over there and he's told us for a couple of years now anytime we want to go over and stay there we're welcome to do it that'd be an awesome experience to come over there and take in one of your shows here George well to, to put a, an event like this together I mean you ought to be able to see it on paper just like we would any business if it's a restaurant a bowling alley a service station a hardware store whatever it is or a coaching business you ought to be able to map it out on paper and see how it's going to work so you don't go into it blind i mean don't start and just hope that things work out well so if you are going to have a combination of ticket sales and donations or sponsors map out what that's going to look like in advance go talk to those people would they be willing to do that I mean, one of the things, if I go to a conference like uh, Social Media Marketing World that's coming up in March in San Diego, I'll go through the vendor hall and I'll see all these exhibitors that I know paid a lot of money to be there. And I can instantly think, wow, would I like to have one of those people as a sponsor for some kind of an event that we're going to do? Because they obviously want exposure to the same kind of people that I have in my audience. But go through that. Don't put yourself in a position where you have to ask for donations to make this work. Unless you can see in advance that through ticket sales, promoting it well, and sponsors, you can make it work. I would discourage you from doing it. With what you're describing, I mean, even though you say you want it to be a semi-charity event, I don't know what that means. I mean, why would would you not have, let's say that you're going to have a concert there and you're going to bring in, you know, you're going to bring in Bono and you too. You wouldn't expect to go to people and ask them for donations. You simply price the tickets and expect attendance to cover the total cost of the event. I'd encourage you to do the same thing here. Just do that and then what you get in terms of sponsors or in terms of donations because people want to help you out. I mean, that's like gravy. 
and that's cool. You know, do that. I mean, absolutely. You know, have fun putting it together. I have a friend who put an event together here in Nashville called the Token Show. He's a professor at Lepscomb University. He loves what he's doing there, but you know, as a professor of religion and ethics, he's never going to get rich doing that. He wanted to do something on the side. Um, I encouraged him to do that. He put together the Token Show. It's like a modern version of uh, Garrison Keillor's Prairie Home Companion. It's wonderfully done. The music, with all the talent, that he can draw from here in Nashville. And he has lots of people like Vince Gill and Amy Grant and Buddy Green and others who, uh, um, who, who show up and play without being compensated for because they love what's going on. I mean, so he's done that. But now he also has a stadium, well, not a stadium, an auditorium rather, that he fills and sells season tickets. And then he has sponsors. But all those things work together to make this work. It's really a passion project. He's not going to get rich doing that. But it certainly needs to be making him money at the same time. So I encourage you just to look at it like that. Well, you know what? I'm going to wrap it up right there. I've been doing, I've been experimenting some with podcasts that are a little shorter and uh, getting mixed feedback from you, the listeners. I appreciate your feedback on that. You can just send me a note at askdan at 48days.com. But uh just experimenting. You know, every, everything I do is an experiment. I don't want to be just locked in the same kind of tradition because we've been doing it for a very long time. Historically, our podcast has been 48 minutes and people always kind of affirm that's a nice spot. But I know that I listen to a lot of them that are shorter than that when I'm on the treadmill in the morning. So I'm open, open to new ideas. But we're going ahead and wrap this one up here. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen next week. Next week, I want to have a theme. I want to have a single theme because of a very, very painful letter that I got from a dad. And he said, it starts out, he says, Dan, last night I condemned my son to a slow and painful death. Now, what he talks about is he has a 17-year-old son who loves to write. And he and his wife, son's mom, They really think he ought to go to college, you know, so he can have a traditional job, something to fall back on. And he hears me talk about people following their passion, people who are not allowed to follow their passion and what happens to them. I've already communicated with the dad. I already let him know I'm going to use his story, his letter as the basis for the podcast next week. And we're going to talk about that. How can you support a child? who has a creative skill, but you're concerned that the creative skill is never going to keep food on the table for them. How do you do that without destroying their heart, their passion, their dream? How do you find that balance? And I'm going to address that. So we're going to do that next week. Now, today, keep in mind, our business partner was FreshBooks. You can check them out. Don't go any further into the year without making sure that you've got things on track for that. And then also we've got all of these new coaching options. If you just go to 48days.com, click on coaching, you'll see we've got a whole lot of new options there. Excited. We're bringing some of our students in training, our coaches in training and the coaching mastery program up to speed by matching them with people who need just simple coaching packages that are very, very inexpensive. So just go to coaching, the tab, at 48days.com, and you'll see some of the options there. So, golly, hope that you are enjoying this part of the year, the beginning of the year. Still feels like we're at the beginning of the year, even though we're almost ready to move into 
goodness, well, we're at Valentine's Day almost, so we're getting ready to move into the third month of a brand new year already. Whoa, keep speeding up. But keep in mind those things, that you, you can design your future. You are not just destined to have no chance in life because of the way you were born. Oh my goodness, I'll, I'll give you an update on what we communicate with this young lady who gave us that message. But don't go there. Don't allow your thinking to go there. This is not just about being egotistical or, you know, having dreams that are delusions. Michael Hyatt and I talking about that. You know, we see people who uh, not only have big dreams, they have dreams that are delusions. Now, if you're last year made $10,000 and this year you want to make a million, that's probably a delusion. That's not just a big dream. You know, we want you to dream big, but then have a realistic plan to walk that out. Making incremental changes in the life that you have now are possible. So if you want to make an incremental change, you can do that. You know, let's say that you just want to improve your life or your income or, or your health or something by 10%. Well, you do that consistently, you're going to move up pretty dramatically over a course of a couple years. We love to see that kind of progress being made. So do that. Don't feel like you're stuck in a J-O-B. That song we got playing on the background here, you know you can change that. You can design the future that you want. Well, whatever that is, let us know how we can help you. Let us know what your progress is. You can shoot your questions in to askdan at 48days.com. Thanks for being part of this community where we know we can put ourselves in the driver's seat. We can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Don't settle for less.